Welcome to Conversations with the Best Minds in Real Estate, a podcast hosted by RCL Code, the show that brings you illuminating interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders throughout all corners of the real estate sector. Good afternoon and welcome back to another one of RCL Co's monthly webinars, this month with a special focus on compensation consulting. Before we begin, a quick thank you to all of you for joining us, both our new guests and those longtime supporters. We really expect today's discussion to be enlightening and thought-provoking and hope that that means a lot of questions from you, our audience. As a reintroduction, I'm Eric Willett, Managing Director of Management Consulting, and I'll be moderating today's discussion. I'm joined by our panelists, representing a variety of perspectives on talent management in the commercial real estate space. Adam Ducker, CEO of RCLCO Real Estate Economics, Ellen Klassen, Managing Director of Executive Search, and Jim Wright, our newest member of the RCLCO team and Managing Director of Compensation Consulting. A quick reminder before we dive in that we want these webinars to be interactive and engaging, addressing the issues most important to you. And as a result, we will have the Q&A open throughout the discussion. While we will leave time at the end for a more formal question and answer period, please be sure to submit any inquiries as we go, and we will make sure to do our best to address those when relevant to the discussion. Additionally, this webinar is being recorded and will be available on the RCL Co. website shortly after we end, where you can find all of the other great research and presentations we have been sharing, including our previous monthly webinars. And then lastly, we should be clear that anything said on this webinar should not be construed as investment advice and rather simply the opinions of our participants. Listeners should always conduct their own evaluation of risks and rewards before proceeding with any investments. With that, Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what talent management means here at RCLCO? Well, we use this, this umbrella idea of talent management to describe the full service suite that we offer for real estate organizations thinking about attracting, managing, organizing, and and now compensating their employees. It's a vitally important issue. People on on the call today may have seen the news in the last couple of weeks that we've started this new partnership with CEL Compensation Advisors. Jim and his partner, Chris Lee, are are really the leading experts in the United States, or maybe North America, on compensation strategies and approach to to doing that. And so it's a very logical expansion of our business. And, you know, it's very, very timely. Our partner, Gotti Kaufman, and I hosted a group of CEOs two weeks ago for a roundtable. And there was broad consensus that the two top of mind issues for people managing real estate organizations for 2024 was um, or will be optimizing NOI at the property level and maximizing you know, talent within the organization, preserving that talent, growing that talent, supporting that talent. And so very timely discussion today. I'm looking forward to it. As Adam notes, we we know that talent management really is increasingly top of mind for all of our clients, right? And that's especially true given the intense market pressures facing organizations over the last three years since the onset of COVID. And then, of course, in today's current market environment with the capital markets challenges, We'll share more about what we're seeing in the marketplace um, in just a moment and and where we anticipate the market heading. But first, we want to hear from you all from the audience with a quick poll. You should see the poll popping up on your screen now with the, you know, wanting to get a sense from all of you who are joining us where you see your organization headed over the next 12 months with respect to talent. You'll see a variety of options, right? And you can uh, choose more than one as they apply to your organization, including the impact on headcount and hiring, talent retention policies, 
variable compensation, um, and then of course questions around remote work. So we'll give everyone a moment to read through the the responses and and make their vote. And I think as as Adam was saying, we know these are these are questions that every executive at every commercial real estate organization is engaging with, and we think the management and the the evaluation of that is especially important. So as you can see, and I think I think this probably aligns with what you would expect, where we're seeing a pullback right in the markets, um, and this certainly resonates with what we're hearing, where we see slowing hiring but not reducing headcount, and I think that distinction we'll get into and we return to a bit, and of course also a focus on talent retention within the community. It's it's also gratifying to see the final statement around continuing to enhance DEI initiatives, which we'll return to at the end of this discussion. Thank you for jumping into into that, and we'll we'll return to this because I think a lot of the responses, the consensus here resonates with what we're seeing broadly across the industry. Zooming out for a moment, though, to, to begin, Jim, tell us a bit more about your work with CEL Compensation Advisors and what this partnership really can unlock. Right. Well, thank you. For the last 25 years, CEL Compensation Advisors has been involved in a broad range of compensation uh, activity, including strategy, compensation strategy, aligning it with a business strategy for the company, looking at compensation profiling, gathering and uh, analyzing market compensation in the real estate industry, benchmarking, uh, looking at cash and long-term incentive compensation from C-suite, top executives, operations, key management development uh, across functions. Lots and lots of work around uh, program design, whether that's related to uh, annual incentives or long-term incentive programs with developing uh, term sheets for new compensation, particularly long-term incentive compensation programs, working with lawyers to uh, help implement them. And so it's a, been a broad practice uh, across multiple sectors, public and private companies, includes board compensation, and of course, there's um, uh, governance issues and questions that come up constantly with compensation. And uh, we've done our annual survey for actually more than 25 years, but that's because there's some prehistory to uh, the official CEL compensation advisors identity in the market. That's who we were. And, and we looked at uh, uh, when C- RCL Co came to talk to us about a uh, partnership. We were excited. Uh, it was uh, quite a match. There's uh, uh, the talent management direction that they're taking did not have compensation. Uh, we did. <laughs> uh, RCL Co is a bigger platform, uh, broader, multiple offices, has other sectors that we didn't cover, uh, particularly in our practice. And really, the marketing and analytical horsepower of RCL Co was extremely attractive. So we saw a huge opportunity to take us to another level. And um, I think that's where we're headed. You know, Jim, we we obviously saw the same match, as you say. I think we also saw a match philosophically and intellectually. We take this mission of helping companies do well and do right, this mission to be really thoughtful, to rely on good analytics, but also to tailor the solutions to what our clients are trying to achieve and the nature of their business. I think if I can speak for <laughs> both of us, but certainly I'll speak for RCLCO, we saw that that match is really being sort of foundational to the logic of, of this combination and, and to 
the success and I believe the really robust support we can bring to our to our clients. Some of whom are shared clients and, and some of whom will be new to you or new to us. And so we're very, very excited about it indeed. Ellen, I'm, I'm curious to hear from you, you know, from the advantage of executive search and placement, you have a particular front seat role really to the complexification that we're seeing in the marketplace around supporting high-performing teams, particularly at that most senior executive level. As you yeah. see these disciplines fitting together and why is thinking about talent management holistically instead of in silos so important? You know, in our practice here at RCLCO with executive search, we're not just trying to fill a role and and walk away. I mean, this is a long-term game for our clients of really finding success in a person. And we want our candidates to also stay for a long time. And I think that's really where talent management comes in. It's about both recruiting and retaining the right people in the right seats. And compensation is a huge piece of this. You don't want people to go in and come out with buyer's remorse within, you know, the the first month. So both sides need to feel like they're getting a good deal, if you will, and balancing both the costs and the benefits of this arrangement together. So when an executive is growing a company's revenue, that company should feel good about rewarding them for it. So, you know, for example, last year we were working on a CEO search for a family-owned multifamily company to find a successor CEO who we knew would not be in the family. And we, you know, knowing that this person would not end up getting any equity in the business since it was all owned by family members, we worked closely with Jim and CEL to figure out what this person's compensation should really look like and how can they still reap the benefits of adding more revenue to the business, adding activity, boosting efficiencies, all of these things. So both in the short term and the long term, incentivizing this person to stay at the company, hopefully through their retirement and what that could look like. And so, you know, we got to work hand in hand together. And I think, you know, it just kind of speaks to the relationship that we've already had for years together that we kind of need each other to get our work done effectively. That resonance and alignment from organizational structuring to comp structure to finding the right people is so powerful. And I think that that certainly underpins everything we do. You know, Jim, to start off, we heard from the audience responses in the poll, some concern around hiring pullbacks, right, of, of at least slowing hiring, and also a mini- minority, but but some individuals reporting pulling back on compensation increases. Let's dive a little bit into the data and would love to hear a bit from you about where you see the market today. Yeah, I, I think we're compensation data and analysis tends to lag a little bit just because it takes time to collect things. And in periods where things change quickly, you know, what people hear and what people see, the poll today probably is is as accurate as it could be, obviously, because it's what people are on people's minds right now. In January, you might have gotten it. In February of this year, you might have gotten a different answer. So we have a couple slides here on some of the data that's come through on our national survey. I thought I'd share that with you. This is related to cash compensation. And again, these are numbers that come from uh, collecting this data in second or third quarter of this year. So what you might suspect is happening or will happen coming into 2024, these are probably in a couple of cases a little bit strong. 
But what we did is we took about six groups of positions in different categories, C-suite, senior leadership roles, property operations on the commercial side, operations on-site on the multifamily. And then we looked at the development team, multifamily versus commercial. And what the graph is showing is what average salaries were coming out in that data for each group. That's for 2023. The groups are, uh, the number of positions is across the bottom there, but that is what emerged. And uh, interesting that it did show a huge impact, you know, downdraft, if you will, on the development team and on commercial operations, less so in uh, property operations. But this is a reflection on the bonus side from 2022. And although there was a lot of loss of value in the marketplace on public companies at the end of 22, coming into 23, the results here are, I think, a little bit strong on the senior levels and perhaps starting to reflect what's uh, down the road coming into 2024. I think what most people are also saying from the poll is 2024 is going to be a very tough year for the industry. So that's one look. Another slide here shows more related to 2024. And again, this is anticipation of budgets for merit increases. This has come out from second, third quarter again of 2023. And that's a timing thing relative to our survey. It's slightly ahead of when people really get going on budgeting in um, late third quarter and fourth quarter for most companies. But interesting, there's about 250 companies in here that have come back this year. And every year we try to confirm what actually happened. And in this case, it's two years back, uh, 22 what were the merit increases in the industry for this group of several um, employee groups? And then what was actually reported for 2023 and what is projected or what people thought they were headed for in terms of merit increase budgets for 2024. Interesting, 78% of the respondents said there really would be no change in merit increase budgets for 2024 versus 23, which is a pretty big number for what was uh, you know, kind of occurring in the industry uh, throughout this year. Only 12% said that there'd be a decrease, but half of those, nearly half, 45%, said it would be greater than 1% decrease, which is net really only about 5%. 10% said there'd be an increase and 30% of those said greater than 1%. So what you see in the 2024 numbers is, and we've had some feedback from the marketplace uh, about this, people sensing that it's a bit high from, and that makes sense in some ways since the reality of next year is upon everyone. (laughs) And so this is what was reported and it tells you both the 50th median and the 75th percentile you know the conclusion is yeah kind of steady over uh 2023 
and a little bit with some intrepidation about whether that, that will hold or whether it would soften a bit. So that's a look to 24 merit increase. I think the expectation on incentive compensation cash for next year will be equally challenging, if not more than this year. So I wouldn't see, uh, I don't think we'll see big jumps in um, incentive compensation either for 2024. I think it'll be, uh, I think it's looking to be pretty challenging here. And I, and I think particularly striking on on the previous slide, Jim, to see also the split and the divergence of different buckets within commercial real estate. And of course, commercial groups, industrial and office in that category together. And and as we've discussed, when you dig into the data, those those groups are moving very differently, as you would expect, given the market performance. Yes, they are. Yeah. And if you broke out industrial, you'd see um, quite a bit of difference in, um, versus retail, or particularly office, but definitely. I'm seeing a question from the audience, and, and Jim, I, I would love to get your take on that in terms of what innovations are you seeing around compensation, particularly around performance-based compensation? In general, innovations are uh, pretty common <laughs> in uh, compensation where there's uh, where there's money and uh, opportunity and compensation involved. There's ideas about how to do it and you know how to be fair about it how to increase it how to align people's interests so there's a lots of things that policies and and um, ideas for structure that come through talent management itself is in some ways an innovative not i mean many many industries big industries have had it for years but um you know it's newer to the real estate world and it is something that is uh top of mind as we we've talked about and more and more so certainly the longer term impacts of covid and and workforce work from home policies have caused you know organizational uh, alignments that uh the talent management is ripe to help keeping people uh, top talent in the industry you know other things in compensation, uh, looking at market-based data, there's also situations and companies that are looking at special skills and job-based uh, benchmarking as opposed to market-based, where it's an internal definition of the value of that position in the company versus trying to match it up with something uh, from the marketplace and uh, using that as the pivot for uh, compensation. There are many, many non-cash incentives that are being used, PTO, events, health and wellness, community service programs, training and education. Those, those things are increasing. Another one is compensation competency, companies embracing compensation and compensation as a value, integrating it into a leadership team from understanding how it's done, why it's done, the art, the science methods and making it a part of their leadership development and part of their culture that is something that many companies have started to take a look at and there's a few that have actually uh, done an incredible job of integrating that understanding from top to bottom and that helps in the way compensation is managed and, and communicated it makes for a better understanding of the organization and the people and their skills. It integrates with leadership development and uh, a successful company. So there are a lot of things that are going on. And uh, when uh, times turn to some downturn, which we're 
experiencing now. Compensational switch, probably people would be more interested in cash-based salaries and, and uh, uh, annual uh, incentives as opposed to long-term. You know, the opportunities in long-term are probably softer now and delayed. That's, you know, tougher times. People look to uh, closer in. That's a, just a natural natural swing. You know, I was going to just share that that kind of resonates with a lot of the conversations I have with people running real estate companies and making these kinds of decisions. I think something sort of changed for a lot of people, you know, over the summer around Labor Day. And I think there are two dynamics, right? One of which is, you know, I hear people say like, you know, we're really good at managing like companies when there's a lot of growth, right? We can measure the growth and we can tie it to compensation. Let me not get the number exactly right, but it's sort of easier to do philosophically. And if we over move people or, or increase compensation too much, which, you know, maybe some companies have felt like they've done it, it's okay in the context of so much growth. And it's much harder to process that in an environment of less certain growth or maybe less growth. And so I hear people around with this play that you describe between cash compensation and other types of enhancements, you know, people finding it really difficult at the moment to know how much and when and how. And then the other element that I think is interesting, and Eric, you probably hear about this as much as anybody, is companies have this excuse of not focusing on some of the discipline of talent management and organization development because we just haven't had time. And if we have a little bit more bandwidth, like how do we use that really efficiently and effectively? I mean, compensation is a part of that, but not its entirety. I think, I think that talent development component that you highlight, Adam, is really key. And it's been under underinvested and underemphasized at a lot of companies, both because of timing, right? You know, the, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and, and these organizations have been busy enough just building a team and getting people in butts and seats, right? And making sure they're the right butts in the seats, not, but the, you know, fallen off the, the to-do list or fallen to the bottom of the to-do list has been developing the team that's already there. I think as we zoom out and think about the look forward, particularly both a potential market cycle that we're headed into, but also a sustained secular shift in the challenges of a you know constrained labor market, the importance of talent development is going to become particularly more acute. And it's really exacerbated by all of these shifts in how we work, right? Both redefi- redefinition of the relationship, and Jim, you hit on the importance of thinking about benefits holistically, right? Not just the the you know the paycheck that comes every two weeks, but really it's about more than that of what the you know what that relationship is between employer and employee, and then beyond that we've also changed the way people work from whether they're actually in the office right and and there are a million dimensions like that and so I think the industry hasn't fully caught up um, in terms of the talent development side of the equation of really giving managers and employees the tools to grow their career and support individuals as they grow their career. Yeah. It's particularly a huge amount of pressure right now between uh, managing and retaining, <laughs> managing the uh, downturn and, and pressure for profits, and you know that versus continuing to you know provide people with the right incentives and and the right uh, you know opportunities. It's tough. It's a very tough period. 
Absolutely. And I think clearly top of everyone's mind is the the sense that we are at the end of a market cycle, right? Certainly indicators suggest, you know, there, there's, there are already headwinds, particularly in the capital markets environment, if not the space markets yet, but a sense that it's likely to get tougher. And, and we've seen that reflected in transaction volume and performance and a variety of other metrics. Ellen, as you work with, with clients on searches, how are you advising that they balance long-term growth objectives thinking beyond potentially a hairy next six months with this challenging near-term transactional environment that we're living in day to day. Yeah, I mean, I think we're in a tough situation. We've seen layoffs, you know, we've we've seen pausing of activity. I keep hearing from people, I think to Adam's point about like summer and Labor Day, I was hearing like in August, oh, well, since we're almost at the holidays, we're going to pause on any decision-making until next year. And, you know, didn't realize the holidays were (laughs) back in August, but here we are. So, you know, I think we're seeing kind of a hold on much talent-related decision-making, particularly for new roles that are like an expansion type of responsibility. But I think as we get into the new year, I advise people to really be thinking about growing that pipeline. So when the markets do open up, when interest rates do go down, they're ready to pounce and have um, have projects to pursue. I think that you know first quarter companies should be starting to mobilize and maybe refill some of these roles to be getting ready for the change in the next 12, 18 months. I think one of the on that point on one of the one of the things that sometimes like a moment like this where we take a look at organizations and think deeply about them, one of the things that we oftentimes see is that the secession pipelines are less deep than we would like. Right. And so that's that's I think to your point, one of the things that I hear our clients talk about wanting to act on. In some ways, it's a hard moment to do that. And in some ways, the transition suggests the imperative to do it, to move people around, to really sort of think about, are we really building a bench and a bench of kind of critical positions? A lot of companies have the discipline of, you know, doing that like on paper in a very formal way. And, and but even for companies who just sort of do that more informally, I think transition times like this do sort of highlight that as you know, a need that you know goes beyond just the sort of immediate. Oftentimes we see the, the the conversations around talent can sometimes be maybe, I guess we could say less informed, right? There's often this sense of conventional wisdom out there. And I think maybe Jim, to help us separate some fact from fiction, we've identified some aspects of conventional wisdom that we hear oftentimes in conversations with clients, and I imagine you hear as well, that have, we think, a varying level of accuracy. So maybe in a sort of a lightning round, we'll run through these, and this actually aligns with a few of the questions we're seeing, and and please continue to submit questions as, as, as they come up for everyone in the audience. So first, fact or fiction, many uh, L-tips are being paid to a wider swath of people within an organization. And I guess before uh, turning it to you, Jim, for the, the answer, LTIP being long-term incentive plans or some long-term participation plans are being paid to a wider swath of people within an organization. Fact or fiction? Fact. No question about it. Has That's kind of been happening over several years. There's been pressure for uh, moving down the organization a bit, picking up other key positions. Uh, it's all part of retention. And, and um, yeah, definitely. 
And I think from an organizational design perspective, we're hearing in conversations, there's, of course, the need to attract the talent, right, which is one push for it, but also the desire from management to to build in that alignment, right, that there's an increased focus on that. So we're seeing it from that perspective as well. A topic that is top of mind, certainly, and, and uh, is uh, you know top of the fold in the Wall Street Journal on maybe a, a biweekly basis is the return to office, kind of the, the actual physical presence in office spaces. So, Jim, fact or fiction, the majority of real estate companies want their teams in office four plus days a week. Four plus? <laughs> uh, this is a tough one. <laughs> I, I would say if they had their free choice, they would say yes. I think they, many, some have tried to completely enforce that. Uh, others have uh, have adaptable uh, hybrid uh, work policies. In the long run, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think I think there's a part of the work from home that will change, and it's just a gut with me. I don't know that I've seen any real data about it, but I think the social interaction of being in an office and the cultural elements of, 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 of a business. I think some people will grow tired of just being at home uh, in front of a screen, working X number of days, whatever uh, they uh, their company will allow. I have a feeling that in a, in a few years, we may see people coming back or, or, or being okay with coming back. So I want to jump in. Yeah, please. How many of your clients are location agnostic and, and what are you seeing in that space? Zero. Every single client I've had since the pandemic once they're and these are all leadership level roles. So mind you, people who need to be managing a team, be working with the C-suite or are in the C-suite, but they all are in office. Every single one. Okay, Jim, another one. Fact or fiction. Many firms have instituted pay cuts to correct from inflated COVID pay. Pay cuts. I have not heard a lot of. There's some uh, there's some layoffs. There's some reduced increases. I've not heard of a lot of pay cuts at this point. And then one final factor fiction before we turn to the Q&A. DE&I investments and focus have slowed in response to the market environment. Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I th- still think it's a philosophical commitment and, and a, a value. I don't know that it's really had direct impact on, on that. I wouldn't think so. Perhaps the second derivative has slowed, right? We saw such an increase in focus in that space over the last several years. And the actual pace of investment for groups that are focused on it hasn't, but the influx or or the energy moving into the space maybe has tapered, not as a result of market conditions, but because this is now top of mind for the overwhelming majority of clients that we speak with day in, day out. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So turning now to, to to the questions that are coming in over the Q&A, I think one, one of the questions we actually have to have two people asking about this is around compensation transparency. Oh. That's um, we, we see that more and more across the U.S. How is that? How do you see that changing the industry broadly? And do you think that that's a trend that's going to last? Well, it's um, certainly uh, a huge change. I mean, it's disclosure and, and uh, availability of uh, compensation data has always been an issue. It changes the dynamics a little bit. I think in some cases, it's more even playing field. It's a more efficient market, if you will, that people can understand you know, what their uh, position might be worth. It may change the dynamics of negotiation. <laughs> uh, both sides have more information. It may make 
HR compensation responsibilities and uh, data collection, and it may make it a little more efficient. There's more understanding of, of the marketplace. So I, I think it has more ability. It also, uh, I don't know whether all these things can be pluses and minuses, depending on how your perspective, but you know, cross-employee communication about jobs and what they're worth and, and the marketplace will can increase. And so I think it's, its ramifications are significant, really. I, I think they could have a, a lot of impact. I think it, it probably overall speaks to shifting power dynamic and, and relationship overall between employees and employers and what that shift is. One, an additional question that, that, that has come up is balancing the compensation and salary pressure from new hires with preserving pay equity for existing team members, particularly in the market environment over the last two years where we've seen salaries increase by by amounts that we just haven't seen in, in several decades. What what strategies do you see companies using to ensure that that pay equity persists? Well, you're talking about pay compression, and that's something, well, more disclosure of compensation in the marketplace could assist in that. But strategy-wise, I think it's more tactical than it is strategic in the sense, I, I don't know that there's broad policies that can make that go away, but you have to try to work with, in some cases, there's some reorganization that may assist on it, some better understanding of criteria for pay increases. So, so much pressure about, well, a couple of years ago, the inflation was, was some of the reason that, that drove uh, increases in compensation. Inflation, you look at the statistics today, they're, it's, it's coming off a bit, but prices, marketplaces is different, you know, it's a, a different economic relationship, they're, they're not following uh, inflation. They followed it up, but not back. So the huge pressure still, uh, it's not going to go away, but pay compression is a big issue. Strategically, much more difficult to address than case-by-case, uh, group-by-group. Unfortunately, we are we are out of time, but appreciate all of you joining and, and thank you to the panel for, for the, the commentary and the perspective. Everyone, please stay tuned for the launch of the RCL Co. CEL Compensation Survey covering over 190 positions across 400 plus companies in the next few weeks. If you want to be one of the first to receive the survey results, please visit rclco.com slash compensation. You can see that URL on the screen and, and coming through in your chats to add your name to the notification list. Again, thank you for joining. If you have questions, please reach out and we appreciate your time. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Conversations with the Best Minds in Real Estate, hosted by RCLCo. If you are interested in learning more about RCLCo, go to rclco.com and follow us on Twitter at RCLCo. Don't forget to subscribe to new episodes of the podcast and make sure to leave us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for tuning into the show.